In eighth grade, every student had to take an English test at the end of the year to determine which English track they were going to take in high school. I'm not here to talk about my thoughts on tracking students. Short version, it's stupid. But I am here to talk about the practice test. And we sure practice for this test. We practice the shit out of that test. And it was not a situation wherein the teacher was given materials for the school year at the beginning and we studied them in a fun and engaging environment that cultivated a love for the English language and literature. No, we did not do that. We had test prep day about every week. How the questions are structured, test rules, proper pencil use, how to take notes on a story without putting marks in the test book, and finally, the dreaded fiction prompt. We will have to write a short story based on the prompt given, and we were given a rating from 1 to 5, and it was the same prompt every year without fail. I knew today wouldn't be like any other day. My English teacher, a woman I actually liked, showed us examples of one-rated stories, short, incoherent, and plagued with grammatical errors. Threes had a coherent story but contained interesting spelling choices. Fives were flawless. Then she showed us the end of a few random stories. It was all a dream. Another. I woke up. Next one. It turned out to be a dream. Story after story of some variation of all that stuff you just read? Yeah, it was a dream. What a twist. She expressly told us, don't make it all a dream. You'll lose a point automatically. But I had conjured the best ending twist. I was brilliant. I was a goddamn prodigy. An original, an archetype of perfect eighth grade English fiction prompts. Turns out Arl Stein had done the same thing in 1997. I'm Amy A. Cowan and this is Rereading My Childhood. Goosebumps, the blob that ate everyone. Zacky and his best friend and neighbor Alex are having a pleasant conversation when they are suddenly attacked by a monster. But not really, because it's only page 5 and we're in a Goosebumps novel. He just wrote a story and is reading it aloud to Alex, the aforementioned friend, and Adam, a boy they keep around so Adam can insult them. Zacky is going to be a famous horror writer when he grows up and he needs to practice his cliffhangers five pages into the story. On the way home, Zacky and Alex stop by a shop that has been destroyed by lightning. Did I say stop by? That implies they were allowed in. No, that's not right. Zacky barges in and intends to take a typewriter because apparently, if a store is destroyed, its inventory belongs to the public. However, blue lightning shocks him as he touches the typewriter because the Lord was all, Hey, dude, that's not yours. I don't care what the laws are in Theftville, Steeliana. But the owner shows up. The kids are going to get it now. As in they're going to get the typewriter. The owner lets them take the thing. Zaki goes home while remarking, I didn't know that carrying the old typewriter home would totally ruin my life. Yeah, the owner just lets you take it, Zaki. What did you expect? At school the next day, we get some new characters, a set of twins who are just as mean as Adam. Zaki freaks out because there's a monster on him, but Adam pulls it off him and it turns out it's just a mouse. Adam, whom Zaki keeps referring to as a friend, laughs with the twins because Zaki did, quote, a funny dance when he thought he was covered with vermin. For some reason, Zaki is called into the principal's office. Later that night, while talking to Alex, Zaki declares his intent to make the monster story even scarier, and the friends go to the typewriter. The first thing Zaki types is, It was a dark and stormy night, in all caps like an old person who doesn't realize he's shouting on the internet. My dad did this in the early days of the internet, and my sister and I had to tell him that all caps lock was considered rude unless you're Billy Mays. To no one's surprise except our main characters, a storm starts outside. Then he types, The wind began to howl and wind hits the house. 
You're not getting very far with the story, Alex said. Alex, honey, he's only written two sentences. Sure, R.L. Stein can have a cliffhanger after two sentences, but what if after once upon a midnight jury, while I pondered weak and weary over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, Poe's cousin-wife came in and said he hadn't gone very far? And where the hell is the titular raven? The third sentence is, Alex and Zaki were alone in the dark house, listening to the storm. So this is friend fiction. I am intimately aware of using your friends in your stories. Remind me to tell you about my 8th grade horror novella slash Friday the 13th ripoff. Anyway, after the third sentence, Zaki wills his father into non-existence, and they finally figure out that whatever Zaki writes is what happens. Zaki is still incredulous, so he writes in a mysterious doorknock. That's a great idea. You should have just written in a slice of delicious strawberry cream cake or universal healthcare in America, something that harms no one. But no, go ahead, mysterious knocking. And no one is there. So they add that Adam is standing there drenched in the rain. Of course, Adam shows up. Finally, Zaki writes that the storm suddenly stops. Adam doesn't believe what is going on, so he steals the typewriter and writes that a blob monster is in the basement. They hear thuds from the basement. But don't worry, it's just Zaki's father, back from his trip in oblivion. The next day as Zaki is at the store buying tuna, Adam and the twins play a prank on him by moaning fresh meat at him. Zaki, honey, cut this toxic boy out of your life. You already have a great friend in Alex. Stop involving this future co-ed predator. Zaki goes home angry and heads straight to his magic typewriter and writes that a blob is eating everyone. There's no way this could backfire, but it does backfire. Zaki goes outside and there's a blob that's eating everyone. How could Zaki have seen this coming? The blob eats some cops, which is fine, but then the blob follows Zaki home, which is not fine. The blob eats Adam, which is fine because he's a terrible friend, but then the blob starts coming for Zaki and Alex, which is not fine. Zaki gets a hold of his typewriter, which is fine, but then the blob eats the typewriter, which is not fine. Zaki gets an idea. Alex, remember when Adam typed something in my story and it didn't come true? She nodded, keeping her eyes on the gurgling blob monster. Yes, I remember, but so what? Well, I continued, maybe that's because it's me that has the power. Maybe the power isn't in the typewriter or the pen. Maybe I got the power that night in that antique shop when I was zapped by that electrical shock. So Zaki has the power and he thinks the monster away. And then they laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. Half the town is eaten, but they're alive. So they laugh and laugh and laugh some more. You think it's the end? Well, you'd be wrong. We get a brand new chapter after all that laughing. And finally, we've circled back to my original eighth grade ending. The ending I thought was so brilliant. Well, did you like my story? The pink blob monster kneaded the pages he had just read and set them down on the desk. He turned to his friend, a green-skinned blob monster. Did you just write that? The green monster asked. I did, his friend replied. Thank you for reading it to me. It's very exciting, very well written. What do you call it? I call it Attack of the Humans, the blob monster replied. But I have just one problem with your story. The pink blob monster bobbed up and down. The veins on top of its head turned a darker purple. A problem with my story? What is it? Well, his green friend replied, Why did you give it such an unhappy ending? I hated it when the human shut his eyes and the blob monster disappeared. It was so sad. The blob monster changes the ending and instead the blob eats everyone. See? Twist ending. It was actually a story written by a blob monster. 
And my story from the eighth grade, well, the main character who has been hounded by aliens wakes up and says that they had the craziest dream that they were humans. Twist? Get it? Twist! It was a dream, but it was a dream from an alien! Thirteen-year-old me thought she was a genius. She would have loved this twist. Thirty-year-old me feels differently. Zaki had the power within him the whole time. That's a fine twist for this book. I wish there was a little more to the end than Zaki thinking really hard, but that's basically every scene with Professor Xavier and the X-Men, and I seem to love those comic books. Clearly, I have no business criticizing focused thought. However, the whole story being the manifestation of a blob monster writing about humans is a little too much. A twist recontextualizes the rest of the story. There is no recontextualization with a blob monster writer. Unless Stein is trying to tell us something. Hey, does anyone know if Stein sometimes gets up from a chair and there's just goo on the seat? I should get in touch with some conspiracy theory idiots. I'm sure they can figure out some convoluted non-logic that proves that Arl Stein is actually a blob monster.